So I just want to speak three grace truths to you today. You may have heard them before. You may hear other sides of them you've never heard before. All right? How many of you are ready? Holy Spirit, illuminate the Word of God today. Bring revelation. Bring an unlocking. Open up eyes. Open up hearts. Supernatural revelation. Supernatural change. Lord, where repentance is automatic, it's accidental. Where we find ourselves just changing the way we think, not even on purpose, but just because the word of truth is, is lighting in our hearts, is awakening in our hearts, and we cannot go back to the old patterns, the old lies, the old ways of thinking. Amen. The first truth is you have been totally forgiven. You haven't been partially forgiven. You have been totally and completely and utterly and fully and absolutely forgiven of all your sins, past, present, and future. Amen? Many Christians have trouble, I actually met most Christians don't have any trouble believing that Jesus forgives them of all their past sins. But many Christians have trouble believing that Jesus has already forgiven them of all of their future sins. They struggle with that. So they feel they have this need that if they sin, they've got to confess the sin and repent of the sin and be cleansed of the sin. And they enter into all of these dead works, faithless works, because they don't have a revelation of total forgiveness. God doesn't forgive us our sins. God forgave us our sins. Amen. Colossians chapter 2 verse 14. Our forgiveness is past tense. It's not present continuous. It's not future tense. Our forgiveness is past tense. Why? Because it happened 2,000 years ago. And when we came into Christ, we came into total and absolute forgiveness of all the sins that we've ever committed and all the sins that we will ever commit in the future. Amen? Amen. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 13, it says, When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. Say all my sins. He forgave me all my sins. Before I'd done one thing, while I was still dead, He forgave me all of my sins. The cross looked ahead at every sin that you would ever commit, and it dealt with it right there. If the cross didn't deal with all of your sins, past, present, and future, then everybody that was born after the cross could never be forgiven of their sins. If the cross only dealt with past sins, then only people that were born before the cross, that, you know, were the, the righteous dead that offered the sacrifices and that sinned, and, you know, and then Jesus died, he could only, the, his blood could only then forgive all the past sinners and all the past sins. And everyone that was born after Jesus, they wouldn't be able to receive forgiveness of sins. They would still be in their sins. And so if you sinned, 
then Jesus would have to die again. If Jesus didn't forgive all your future sins, then every time you sin, he has to die again and pay for your sins again. But no, the Bible says that he forgave us all our sins, past, present, and future sins. Amen? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12, it says, but when this priest, actually, let me just take it back from verse 11, day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. The old covenant is a standing and working covenant. The new covenant is a sitting and resting covenant. Amen. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties again and again, again and again and again and again and again. He offers the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But when this priest, talking about Jesus Christ, when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool because by one sacrifice, by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those that are being made holy, those that are being sanctified, those that are coming into Christ, that are being set apart and coming into Christ. He made you perfect forever. But did you notice one of the most powerful verses in the whole entire Bible? Did you see it? It's verse 12, where it says, But when this priest had offered for all time, everybody say, for all time. For all time, past, present, and future, when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice, not continual sacrifice, but one perfect sacrifice for sins. That is all sins. He offered one sacrifice for all sins for all time. Past, present, and future. I want to declare to you today, all of your future sins are already forgiven. Many Christians, when they sin, they, they feel unrighteous, they feel dirty, they feel unholy, they feel like they've let God down, they feel like God is no longer pleased with them, and they feel like they need to, oh, I need to do something. They feel guilty, so that guilt drives them to want to do something to get rid of their sin or to get rid of the guilt of their sin. That's, that guilt wants to lead them to try to get rid of their sins. So they feel like they need to confess. God, I've, I've got to confess my sins. I've got to repent of these terrible sins. I've got to get cleansed of these sins. I've, I've, I've got to promise that I'll never do this sin again. I want to tell you now, there is no scripture in the new covenant for new covenant believers 
that tells you that you need to continually confess your sins and repent of your sins and ask for forgiveness of your sins and get cleansed of your sins. Why? Because one sacrifice for all time, for all of your sins has already dealt with every single one of your sins. We are not called to confess our sins. We are, con- we are called to confess our righteousness in Jesus Christ. Get your eyes off your sins and get your eyes onto Christ. Amen? Tell you, the more you do that, the more you will overcome sin in your life. We're not called to ask for forgiveness even after we've sinned. Now, I know that this is challenging some of you right now. Many say, no, 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 I've been taught in church all of my life that after you sinned, you've got to confess your sin and ask for forgiveness as a Christian. Yeah, you might have been taught that, but did you go and study it in the Word? Did you find in the Word of God where it says you're supposed to do that? Don't always believe everything that we preachers tell you. (laughs) You have got to find out for yourself. You've got to base your life on the truth of God, on the word of God, and not just on what someone else says, all right? You might have sinned, and you feel a bit guilty, and you, and you want to say sorry to God, and you want to ask for forgiveness. Now, now the heart is not wrong, okay? That's, that's not bad. Because the heart is right, but... There's not the fullness of faith in the heart. There's not the full revelation of the finished work of the cross in the heart. Okay, it's, it's okay to say, God, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't want to do that. That was not my, a part of my new creation nature. That's not who I am. And I messed up and I did some silly thing. But you know what, God? I'm not going to get all morbid and introspective and sorrowful and guilty and ashamed. No, you don't want that. You want me to lift up my head to get in the spirit, to stay in the spirit and say, I thank you for the free gift of righteousness. I thank you for the gift of forgiveness, total forgiveness. And I fix my eyes on Jesus who has forgiven me of all my sins. I thank you that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. God doesn't want us shameful after we sinned. He wants us focusing on Christ. And so, but we feel like asking for forgiveness. For many years in my Christian life, If I sinned, I would always feel like I wanted to ask God for forgiveness. In fact, I did always ask God for forgiveness. God, please forgive me. Please cleanse me. How many of you have ever prayed that prayer as a Christian? Come on. Let's just see a show of hands. Probably everyone in this place. All right. Until I came into the revelation of total forgiveness. And when I came into the revelation of total forgiveness, you know what started to happen? If I sinned and did something silly, you know, and I started to feel a bit guilty, and I'd go to God and I'd say, God, I'm sorry, would you forgive me? You know what? I would always hear the voice of the Father speaking to me straight after I said that. And do you know what he said to me? He would say to me, Ryan, I already have. Oh, God, please forgive me, Ryan. I already have. I did it 2,000 years ago at the cross. And you know all those future sins you're going to probably commit? I've already forgiven those two. <laughs> That's just pushing a little bit more on the wound. <laughs> Woo! 
Amen. Praise God. Now those that are not secure in grace will say, oh no, Ryan, careful now. Be very, very careful. Because if you preach this stuff, Christians will want to run out and just go and sin. Just go crazy and just, just, just go and sin, 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 sin. Because that's what Christians really want to do. Christians just really want to go and sin and sin and sin and sin. I don't know about you, but I'm born again. <laughs> I don't want to just run out and go and sin, 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 sin. No. My new nature, that is the God nature, wants to live for God. Wants to serve God. It's not even a sacrifice. The desire and the passion of my spirit is to live 100% for God. And if you could live just by your reborn spirit, your new creation nature, then you would live in absolute holiness, righteousness, and in the perfect will of God. If you walk totally by your spirit. Now, there's some corruption that has come to our flesh and our mind. And so the Bible says that we offer our bodies as living sacrifice and we renew our mind. We're transformed by the renewing of our mind. Basically, we learn how to surrender our mind and our body to our spirit. Amen? So that our spirit can rise up and lead us in life. Because as we walk by the spirit, as we live by all the riches that God has put inside of our spirit, as we walk by his nature... Ephesians chapter 4. In Ephesians 4, it says, Put on the new man that has been created after the nature of God in perfect righteousness and perfect holiness. Your new nature has been created after the nature of God in perfect righteousness and perfect holiness. The Bible says that God has put His law on our hearts. He has put His law on our hearts. That's not the Ten Commandments. Goodness gracious, if God did that, it would kill us. No. The law that God put on our hearts is His nature. It's His perfect nature. Amen? I'm getting ahead of myself. But I'm just saying that if we live by that nature, God's nature, in the Spirit. See, no one has to say to God, God, you shouldn't lie. You shouldn't steal. God, you shouldn't commit adultery. Hey, that's crazy. Do you think we'd ever have to say such things to God? No. Why? Because it's His nature. Perfect nature. He doesn't, it's not His nature to steal or lie or kill or destroy, you know. When we live by His nature, we live by His desires. Amen? Getting back to forgiveness. I'm nearly finished point number one. But when we, you know, you know, to ask for forgiveness, okay, I'm, I'm just going to push your buttons a little bit further right now, right? I'm going to need a sip just to get this one out. I'm not going to push your buttons. I'm teaching you grace, all right? The Word of God, the truth of God. But sometimes it's a bit scary, maybe the first time you hear a truth, because it's... It, it, sometimes it contradicts everything we've been taught, you know, and so we, we get a bit scared, like, oh no, is, is this wrong? But let's just see if this witnesses with our spirit, all right? The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, okay? Let's see if it witnesses with our spirit, and later on you can check it out in the Word. 
But as a new covenant, born again believer, to now go and ask for forgiveness for after you sinned, after you sinned, to now go and ask for forgiveness is a sin. It's the sin of unbelief. It's the sin of unbelief because you don't believe in the finished work of the cross. You're trying to add to it. You're trying to do something. You don't realize it was already done. It's already done. It's already passed. All my sins have been dealt with. All my sins have been forgiven. And so if you do sin, oh, heaven forbid, but if you do sin, sometimes I sin. Sorry to burst your bubble. But sometimes we do sin, okay? We're not running out wanting to sin or even preaching a license to sin. I don't know any grace preachers that are preaching a license to sin. Not one. But even after, if we sin, keep your faith in Jesus. Keep walking in the Spirit covenant. Keep walking in the grace covenant. Keep declaring your absolute forgiveness. Father, thank you that even that sin has been dealt with. And that I am still perfectly righteous. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a praise. Thank you, Lord. That is good news. That is good news. Do you know what confirms this? I said it yesterday, actually. That the Holy Spirit, He's the Holy Spirit. Everybody say the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Amen. We are temples of the Holy Spirit. When we got born again, baptized with the Holy Spirit, He came to live inside of us with our spirit. Amen. Spirit to spirit. We are one with Christ in the spirit. Amen. Cannot be separated. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll send you my spirit. I'll not leave you as orphans, but I'll send you my spirit and I'll never leave you or forsake you. The spirit never, ever leaves us. That is proof that even after you sin, see, if your sin made you unholy and unrighteous, the Holy Spirit would have to leave. Amen. If you sinned and all of a sudden you became unrighteous and or you're not righteous again until you confess that sin, repented, got forgiven and got cleansed. You know, if that was the case, the Holy Spirit would have to leave until you've been cleansed again. But no, he never, ever leaves. And so that is good news. He is ever present. Why? Because you are ever holy. You are ever righteous. You are ever forgiven eternally and forever. Amen. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it's good to preach yourself happy. Get happy when you're preaching, eh? (laughs) Grace makes you happy. Yeah? (laughs) It's the good news. It is the good news. Everybody say good news. It's not the, it's not as good as I thought it was news. It's the good news. And it's always the good news. Someone comes and turns the good news into bad news. Don't listen to them. They're not preaching the good news. The good news is always good news. And it should make you happy. It should produce the joy, supernatural joy inside of you. Amen? The second point is you have been totally united with Christ. First point, you've been totally forgiven. 
The second point is you have been totally united with Christ. This is one of the most profound revelations that you will ever have. In the spirit, your spirit has been fully united with Christ. So that means you were united with Christ in his death, in his burial, in his resurrection, is in his ascension and in his seating on the throne. Everything that happened to Jesus, it also happened to you. And the good thing about it, this is a part of the good news, is that when he hung on the cross, you were united with him in that, but you didn't have to go through it. He hung there for us. He took all of our sins for us and all of our sickness for us and the full weight of the wrath of God, the full fire of the judgment and the punishment and the wrath of God was poured out fully upon Jesus and he died for your sins. Thank God we did not have to face that judgment. Amen. If Jesus has faced that for us, then we will never have to face that. God will never punish the same sin twice. If God has already punished Christ for your sins, He's not going to then go and punish you for your sins. Amen? That's either true or it's not. Some people preach as though God is going to punish us for our sins. Some people preach that you're sick because God's punishing you for your sins. That is, that is a sin to say such things. That is unbelief to say such things. The Bible says that Jesus was punished for all of our sins. God will never, ever punish you with sickness for sin in your life. You know that? Some of you are sick today and you feel like it's God punishing you for your sin. You need to get free right now in Jesus' name. You need to challenge that lie and say, no, that is a lie from the pit of hell. I will not accept that. I have been forgiven of my sins. Jesus was punished for my sins. This sickness is not from God and it is not because of my sins. Amen? You challenge that lie. Challenge it right now. Say, God, I thank you that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. This sickness is not of you. This is not you trying to make me better. This is not you punishing me for my sin. This is, this is demonic sickness. This is foul. This is illegitimate. It has no right in my body. Jesus carried it for me on the cross. I was united with Christ on the cross. All of my sickness was united with Christ on the cross. All of my sin was united with Christ on the cross. And he paid for it in full on the cross so that I could receive the benefits of it. You died with Christ. You were buried with Christ. You were raised to new life in Christ. You you used to be dead to God. But then God raised you up into new life. Resurrected life. New creation life. Life in Christ. The life of Christ is your life. You were born again. Amen. You were first born of water in the natural. But now you are born of spirit by the Holy Spirit who made you alive with Christ. Amen. And then you ascended with Christ into heaven. And Ephesians 2 verse 6 says, and God made you alive with Christ and seated you in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Wow, you guys are good. God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms 
in Christ Jesus. Do you know where you're seated right now? Oliveres Stadium. Yeah, in the natural. Do you know where you're seated in the spiritual? On the throne with Christ. You are co-heir with Christ. Joint to Christ. Wow. That is greater than any of us realize in this room. That is so powerful. That is so profound. You are seated with Christ. In Christ. Reigning together with Christ. Isn't that some good news right there? Do you know that if you're born again, here we go, Paul, Pastor Paul, here we go. Do you know that if you're born again, if you are saved, if the, if the miracle of salvation has come into your life, you've put your faith in Christ and he has made you alive, you've been born again and now you're united with Christ ascended with Christ, sitting on the throne with Christ, regenerated, born again. Do you know if you are saved and that has happened to you, you can never lose that. You can never lose your salvation. I'm telling you right now, you can never lose your salvation. If you are born again, you can never lose your salvation. Why? Because Christ is our life. He is our life. In order for you to to lose your salvation, you would have to die again. Spiritually die again. But it is impossible for you to spiritually die again. Why? Because you are united with Christ. And His life is your life. And you know what's so great about that? Is that He will never die again. He has an indestructible life. Jesus has received an indestructible life. He is a high priest. He is our high priest in the order of Melchizedek. And he has received an indestructible life. And he ever lives to intercede for us. He will never ever die again. And you are in him. That means you can never die again. And if you can never die again, you can never lose your salvation. Amen. Give God the praise. Give him the glory. Thank you, Jesus. You are our life. Oh, woo! But what about all the scriptures that sound like you can lose your salvation? I've looked at many of those scriptures, and when you read them in context, they actually prove that you can't lose your salvation. It's amazing. People have taken those scriptures and try to use them to scare us, to try to scare Christians. To try to put fear into Christians. Oh, if you keep on sinning, then you're going to lose your salvation. Oh, so I better stop sinning because I'm scared I'm going to lose my salvation. That is the wrong motivation to stop sinning. If you do this for God, He will bless you. So you better do that for God. I don't serve God to get blessed. I serve Him because I love Him. I serve Him because His nature is inside of me. I don't not sin because I'm scared of his judgment. I don't sin because I love him and his nature is inside of me. 
All right. Now, I'm not 100% in that. I'm learning how to live in that. Sanctification says that your new nature, your spirit, has been born again and made perfectly righteous in God. And His nature is inside of you. Now, your mind and your flesh are catching up. All right? And sanctification isn't, it isn't a process, to be honest. It's not, we don't become more and more holy. No, we become holy once and for all. We become sanctified once and for all. Now the life we live is the overflow of what has happened. That miracle overflowing through our mind and through our body. Amen? Did you understand that? (laughs) Woo, what was I saying? (laughs) I'm having fun now. I really am. This is good. You're united with Christ. His life is your life. God said, that's what I was saying. You guys forgot to remind me. (laughs) I was saying people have taken the scriptures that sound like you can lose your salvation and they've tried to put fear in us to manipulate us to serve God. Don't ever be manipulated to serve God. You don't need to be manipulated to serve God. If you're a leader, you don't need to manipulate Christians to serve God. You don't need to make Christians fear fearful in order to do things for God. No. Teach them about what has happened inside of them. Show them their new nature. Show them what God has done in their spirit. And you watch those Christians come alive. You won't be able to stop them from serving God. And I know that many of you in this room have got that revelation. Because I see the way you are serving God. It has blessed us to see the way you serve God. And it's not out of fear and it's not out of manipulation. It's because you've been gripped with the heart of God. You guys on the worship team, bless you in Jesus' name. Guys are doing an amazing job. Well done. These guys are serving God, loving God. Not for the wrong reasons, but because they love Jesus. They have his nature inside of them. Are you still with me? Oh, that's good. Are you blessed by this? Do you believe it? Do you agree with it? Do you have faith? (laughs) Do you love Jesus? Do you believe that you're perfectly righteous? Do you believe you've already been made holy? Do you believe that his nature is inside of you? Do you believe that you are one with Jesus? Do you believe that his life is your life? And his life is overflowing through you? And you can't contain it? You cannot stop it? It's going to flow out to the Philippines. Amen? Praise God. The next point is you've been totally filled with the fullness of God. So you've been totally forgiven. You've been totally united with Christ. And you have been totally filled with the fullness of God. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9. How are you guys doing in TV land? Watching the DVD? I hope that... This truth is getting inside of your hearts. I hope that you're not offended to the point where you cannot hear the truth of God. I want to tell you this. I love you. And I want to see God's truth transforming your life. 
I want to tell you this, that you can never ever come into the fullness of grace as long as you believe you are still under the law. If you believe that you are even under the law a little bit, you'll never come into the full revelation of grace. It's only, it's only when you realize that the law covenant is completely passed away. You have died to it. You're no longer under it. God is not putting it on you. God does not want you to live by it. But he's brought you out of that old ministry of death, that old letter covenant, and he's brought you out of it. You've died to it. He's brought, resurrected you into the new covenant, the covenant of the spirit into grace. You are released from the law. You're no longer under the guardianship of the law. You're no longer accountable to the law. God has put his law inside of your hearts. He's put his spirit inside of your hearts. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Liberty from that old covenant system. You've been liberated from the letter and you've come into the new way of the spirit the the new way of the new covenant, the spirit covenant. And you can have freedom in that covenant. You don't have to go back to the letter. You don't have to go back to the Lord. Don't have to run back to it. No, stay in the spirit. Stay in the spirit covenant and watch how it'll transform your life and the life of people around you and your churches. Amen? Amen. All right. You've been filled with the fullness of God. uh, Colossians 2 verse 9 says, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. These people that say that Jesus isn't God, these people that say that Jesus was born of God, he wasn't in the beginning, they try to deny the deity of Christ. They try to say that Jesus isn't really God. They are wrong. They are deceived. Jesus is God for all the fullness, for in Christ, all the fullness of the deity of God lives in bodily form. Now say this with me. And you have been given fullness in Christ. It doesn't say you're going to be. It doesn't say one day you will be given fullness. It doesn't say you ongoingly are getting fullness. It says past tense, you have received, you have been given fullness in Christ. All of the riches of heaven, all of the perfection of Christ lives inside of you. Why? Because you've been united with Christ. 1 Corinthians 6. Verse 17 or 19 says that anyone that is joined with Christ is one with him. What is it? 17. But he who, is, he who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in spirit. You are one with the Lord. You are one with Jesus. His nature has become your nature. All of his goodness is inside of you already. Amen. You're a part of the new creation order. There is nothing of the old creation that lives inside of your new creation spirit. There is no sinful nature in there. There is no sin. There is no unrighteousness. No, your spirit has received fullness, full perfection, full righteousness, full holiness. 
God is not trying to give you anything else in your spirit. He can't. He's already given you fullness in your spirit. Do you know that the fruit of the spirit, many people say that that is, you know, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And so if you try really hard to live by the Holy Spirit, then you'll have the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Actually, that's kind of wrong. Actually, the fruit of the spirit is what is in your new nature. It's the fruit of your spirit being united with his spirit. So all of the fullness of God lives inside of you. Amen. So you have the fullness of God's love, his joy, his peace, his patience, his kindness, his goodness, his mercy, his faith, his patience, his all that stuff. And and it's not just nine. Let me tell you, there is way more than nine. It's infinite. All of the fullness. So when we walk in the spirit by our reborn spirit, then we manifest the fullness of God through our lives. Amen. Let me quickly tell you what it means to walk in the spirit. I said I was nearly finished. I lied. (laughs) But I'm forgiven. (laughs) Uh, I am nearly finished. (laughs) But none of you believe me now. I just want to say this before we close. And before we start having some accidents of bladders bursting in this place. What does it mean to walk in the spirit? I'll tell you right now. Let me give it to you. To walk in the spirit is three things. There's three dimensions to walking in the spirit. Walking in the spirit is walking in the spirit covenant, the grace covenant. It's not going back to the law, the flesh covenant. No, it's walking in the grace covenant from your reborn nature, from your spirit. Walking in the spirit is walking in the spirit covenant by your spirit in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. So it's walking in grace from your spirit, your new nature, in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. How do we do that? Simply focus on it. Focus on the Spirit covenant. Focus on grace. Don't focus on the law. Don't focus on sin. Focus on the gift of righteousness. Focus on the grace of God. Focus on the finished work of the cross. Meditate on it. Declare it. Speak it. Confess it. Amen? Focus on the Spirit covenant. Just after your sin, don't run back to the the flesh covenant, the law covenant. Stay in the Spirit covenant. Walk with boldness in the Spirit covenant. Focus on your spirit, your reborn spirit. Too much of the church is focusing on the weakness of people's bodies and the corruption of their minds and they're condemning them and they're saying you shouldn't do this you shouldn't do that you know what their spirit doesn't want to do that stuff teach to activate their spirit as you activate their spirit their spirit will take control over the body and over the mind and start to manifest the fullness of God through their life so don't teach about how terrible the body is and how terrible the mind is teach about how incredible our reborn spirit is teach about the fullness that we've received in our new nature. Amen. Focus on the Spirit and in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. The world is full of so many lies, but the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth and He will lead us in absolute truth. And He is our closest friend and He comes to live inside of us. And you should become more and more aware of His presence in your life. I'm aware of His presence right now. Holy Spirit, I can feel Him. I know that He's here. 
Bible says that he'll never ever leave us. He doesn't walk around condemning us. He doesn't walk around convicting us of sin. He walks around. He's our comforter. He's our encourager. He is our counselor. He is our legal defense. He stands up in the courts of heaven and says, when, when the accusations come against you, when the enemies and other people and even yourself are making accusations against yourself, trying to convict yourself, trying to make yourself guilty, the Holy Spirit stands up as your counselor and says, hey, wait a second. They are totally forgiven through the cross and they have been made righteous. They are not guilty. He defends you. The Holy Spirit is your defense. He is your legal defense. And he is your closest friend, your most intimate friend. He speaks truth to us. He leads us in truth. Follow after the Holy Spirit. Focus on the Holy Spirit. Don't get so caught up in the things of this world, even though it's not terrible and it's not wrong. But first, Holy Spirit. Amen. Totally forgiven, totally united with Christ, and totally full of the fullness of God. Amen. Hey, this is Ryan, and I hope you enjoyed this message. If so, I want to encourage you to consider partnering with New Nature Ministries and help us take this gospel further. As a thank you gift, you'll receive a free e-copy of all my books. To find out how you can partner with us and to get more great content, just head over to newnatureministries.org and may His peace bless you in every way.